Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 20th, Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show once again. I'm flying solo. I am working on getting clearance from Frank Ocean's people. They're going to be right back to me on uh, using the song solo for these instances that I am solo on the podcast. But as a listener, I'm sure you're quite used to this, and I'm glad that you keep coming back uh, because I do have a lot of fun hosting this show, talking Blazers with you. So thank you for listening and welcome back. It's a Tuesday. Last week was crossover week as part of the Lockdown Network's kind of gear up for the NBA season, so to speak. We had crossover week last week, and now all of our podcasts across the network are focusing on different positions for Every day of the podcast this week, we did not adhere to that specific rubric on Monday's pod because I wanted to talk about the Sports Illustrated Top 100, what it means, and a little bit about Alpha Rukaminu and why I think it's important for him to at least get consideration to potentially be on that level for the Top 100 players just because he's going to be such an important part of the Blazers team because my argument is that while Mason Plumlee did make the top 100 list that Aminu having success and being a top 100 level player is probably more important to the long-term success of the Blazers not just because of his contract but mostly because what they ask him to do you know guard multiple positions shoot threes be a good defender and contribute offensively and be on the court a lot. I mean, he was there other than Lillard and McCollum. I mean, he was the guy that was on the floor the most. And I think that he is a big reason why they had success last year. He's going to be a big reason why they will continue to have success in the future. And they need him to continue to up his level of play. Still very young, Alpha Rukaminu, you know, still really early in his career, despite that he's been in the league for a really long time. I believe he's 25, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, but he's still just so young. Yeah, he's 25, uh, does turn 26 here soon, though, joining me in the 26-year-old club very soon, Alpha Rukamina will be. But he's going to be very important to any success the Blazers have, and if he can continue to raise his level of play 
with McCollum and Lillard raising their level of play, then all the pieces around those guys kind of become, you know, you can plug guys in. I'm not saying that Aminu is like, you know, a superstar here and this is, this is some kind of superstar big three with Lillard, McCollum, and Aminu, but they're going to need Aminu to be just as consistent and also raise his level of play a little bit if they're going to get to that, you know, 50-plus win mark that they're really shooting for. Um, and and, and I, so I want to talk about that. Today we are going to talk about since we didn't give a dedicated show to the point guards, we're just going to dedicate this episode today to the backcourt for the Blazers. So that's all the guards on their team. Uh, we're going to try and cap it at some point with guards because with the Blazers, the wing positions kind of blend together a little bit. At least how Terry Stott sees them, the two and the three are basically the same. However, uh, you know, there's only certain guys that you would really be comfortable with playing the three because you know not all of Portland's wings or guys who will play shooting guard at times have the size or are prevented with certain limitations to play the bigger forward spots so we're going to look at the backcourt today that's going to be point guards and shooting guards and so that's what our analysis is going to be so obviously you know who's going to start who's going to play maybe a little bit more insight perhaps on some of the back end rotation guys and you know guys that you don't hear about a lot when it comes to the backcourt so we'll get to that but i i got to say this weekend i was up in seattle and i finally did go see a mariners game and i did that by pulling up the SeatGeek app on my phone and I gotta say it was a super easy experience I didn't plan to buy the tickets beforehand and I just pulled them up found some good seats on Saturday and uh really had you know fun time at the game and it's always been hard to find that best deal for that gamer show you want you either have to you know plan it out really far ahead of time whatnot but SeatGeek is different in that it allows you to buy and sell tickets easier than ever and there's great features on there like the deal score feature which is what i use to look at the best tickets the best deals for tickets and it's the first place that i go it was where i looked when i was up in seattle to get those m's tickets i was really stoked had a great weekend it was part of a very nice weekend that i had in seattle with my girlfriend really enjoyed that also uh, had some floats at Float Seattle, but the Mariners game was obviously a highlight. And SeatGeek makes your life easier as a sports or music fan. It does all the price comparison for you, as I said, and the they help you get the most bang for your buck with that deal score that I used. And the best part of all of this, the best part about SeatGeek for you, my listeners get a $20 rebate off of their first SeatGeek purchase. And To redeem that $20 rebate, all you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, then enter promo code LOBLAZERS, that's LOBLAZERS, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So we're talking about the backcourts today for the Portland Trail Blazers. And before we get into a kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a depth charty look at the Blazers, uh, one note on the backcourt that I wanted to talk about from yesterday on this podcast was the 
Milwaukee Bucks signing Giannis Antetokounmpo to a $100 million four-year contract extension, which may sound like a similar number to you. That's because C.J. McCollum earlier this summer agreed to a four-year $106 million contract, and McCollum also part of the 2013 draft class along with Antetokounmpo. And uh, lots of interesting analysis today um, when it comes to talking about Antetokounmpo because he's the second uh, 2013 draft class member to sign an extension. And the Blazers were the first to sign McCollum to one. And Kevin Pelton of ESPN Insider today wrote that uh, in his breakdown of the winners and losers of the column, chose the Trailblazers as one of the the losers from the the column for uh, about in, in analyzing the extension for Antetokounmpo because the Blazers were the first ones to kind of set the market on that extension, and C.J. McCollum received $106 million, $6 million more than Antetokounmpo, and I think most people around the league would, you know, in, in the league circles would think that Antetokounmpo is a bigger name, uh, has more upside as a potential superstar player just because of his size, how big he is. He's almost seven feet tall and was playing point guard for the Bucks last season. Um, and I think just his profile as an athlete, I think a lot of people just think that he has a, a better chance to become a, a superstar caliber player. Whereas, you know, I think McCollum could be an all-star one day, but not, you know, not on, you know, doesn't have the potential that I think a lot of people think Antetokounmpo has. And, um, I think that it, it, the Blazers, I think still it was a good deal for them. I think they should have got it done. I think something that we talked about with Damian Lillard when he was signed to an extension last summer when it would have been more advantageous for cap purposes to sign him when he actually became a free agent. I think you know you also have to think about that in those terms here with the Blazers that there, there could be other benefits for McCollum just having the knowledge that he's going to get paid you know, give it gives him more incentive to kind of give his all to the team. And I think, you know, when talking about the guards, I, I, I think that McCollum obviously is is right there in importance with Damian Lillard. And to have a guy that can keep Lillard happy by having a guy that can shoulder the load that McCollum can and did last year. And, you know, when Lillard signed his extension, you know, we didn't we thought that Lillard was a really good player, you know, really had that it factor, a stage presence, was a leader, you know, was capable of being a leader. We just didn't know how capable of a leader he was. We didn't know that he was going to really, you know, give his all that, you know, he and CJ McCollum organized that trip together to, uh, you know, San Diego. And they did it again this year with the team to kind of bring the team together. So I think, you know, anytime you can show your guy that you're behind him, uh, I think, in the pocketbook is the best place to do that for a player. You know, you can say all these things about being a player's first organization and this and that, but, you know, showing them that you're behind them. And I think, sure, you know, Antetokounmpo, according to reports, was willing to give a discount so that the Bucks could pursue more players, keep more talent. But uh, I do think C.J. McCollum was right to go after the money that he got. And I think the Blazers were right to give him the money that he got because, uh, I think it, it it doesn't just the the contract isn't just for the points that he puts up, the assists that he dishes out. I think there are other things that you have to factor into that in just making it a good workplace. And I think when you know one of your most productive workers, one of your best employees, 
like CJ McCollum is, I think they should be at, you know, feel like that. And so there's a reason why he got that much money. So I do think, of course, the Bucks got a better deal in getting uh, Antetokounmpo, but not necessarily the same circumstances, I think. And I, and I think that Antetokounmpo, um, yeah, that's a great deal for the Bucks, and I think everyone is applauding that deal as they should. But CJ McCollum, I think, is is definitely worth the max money. Although, you know, in in terms of the the accounting department, definitely hurts the Blazers because it's not you know they're going to be paying the luxury tax. Whereas maybe they could have given themselves a little bit more wiggle room had they been a little bit more a little bit more shrewd at the negotiation table with McCollum. But then again, you know, you never know which team could kind of swoop in and give McCollum a big deal. So you run a lot of risks, but they, they, they got their guy. And um, when the backcourt, I mean, obviously it's going to be CJ and Dame. That's going to be the show. That's what we're talking about today. And those are the guys that are going to be on the court handling the rock. I know they got Evan Turner to come in and alleviate the ball handling burden a little bit, but it's still going to be the Dame and CJ show. They're still going to get a lion's share of the possessions. They should. They're going to be a really good offense for it. And these guys are going to carry them. One of them is going to be running the show at any given time. I don't think we're going to see the Blazers play without them, without one of them on the floor at any given time. I think Turner can, you know, spell them at times, but I think really what Turner is going to serve as is a guy that can be there when there is the shift change from Lillard to McCollum to handle the ball and that there's always at least another secondary ball handler on the court, whether it's Dame or CJ or Turner and CJ or Turner and Lillard. I think that, um, Either way, they're going to be fine, and I think McCollum is still going to get uh, uh, to run the show quite a bit. It's uh, also his birthday was on Monday, uh, so happy birthday to CJ belatedly uh, on this episode of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the Lillard and McCollum show. I think you know when you look at the rest of the the guards on this team, that's mostly just ones and twos. I think you know for this team's purposes, I think that Alan Crabb is more of a two. Then he is a three, but will play three for this team. But I'm still going to consider him a two because I think that's more his natural position. That's where he should be. Um, and, and so I think that that's where he's best. And uh, I think Turner obviously is going to be a major part of what the Blazers do. I think Tur- I think Evan Turner is going to be playing more of the three. I think Crab is going to be more of the two in those lineups with CJ McCollum. Uh, and he's still going to be asked to do what he did last year. We kind of brought up some really interesting shooting stats when it comes to Crab on the last pod, uh, with his pull up jumper numbers and his catch and shoot numbers uh, being really solid last year, and I think he's again just going to be a guy that they're going to swing it to him. He's going to space the court. He's going to move well off the ball. He's going to find ways to get open, find little crevices in the defense, and if he can give them more of an off the dribble flavor in his game, then that is going to be. That's going to be huge for Portland because then that would give the Blazers just another playmaker and then also maybe makes you not so reliant on a guy like Evan Turner who can't space the floor quite as well as Crab can. So any improvement that Crab can make in handling the ball will, I think, just make the Blazers a better basketball team, even if he doesn't have the size defensively that Turner has, you know, at being an inch taller and a little bit bigger than Crab. But Crab still going to be a a huge contributor for the Blazers in the upcoming season. And then, you know, uh, the other two guys that, you know, I'm I'm looking at in in terms of the guards are 
Pat Connaughton and Shabazz Napier, who both I don't think are going to see, I don't think either one is going to see very much playing time in the upcoming season just because they have Crab, who was paid, was paid $75 million uh, in the offseason, had a great season last year, and I don't think there's really any, you know, I don't think there's any scenario in which you're going to see Pat Connaughton playing over him. And then when it comes to Shabazz Napier, you have Lillard and McCollum there who are, you know, all-star level contributors at the at the point guard spot when they need to play there. You know, Lillard is the point guard all the time. He can kind of go off ball. CJ, the same thing. And so I just don't see a lot of time for Shabazz Napier, even though he's probably a little bit of an upgrade to Tim Frazier last year. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know if he's an upgrade to Brian Roberts because Brian Roberts, you know, came to the Blazers uh, last season in at the trade deadline, played a little bit in the playoffs, but more of just kind of a, an offensive player. And, you know, Shabazz Napier, I think you hope that he could be a really good offensive player given his profile as a scorer, as a guy who can make plays, as a guy who could shoot in college but hasn't really shown that ability yet in the pros. And this is kind of his last shot, I think. You know, this, is, this could be Shabazz Napier's, you know, really last go of it to kind of you know, make it happen in the NBA. And the Blazers did, you know, they had a, they did, they have a great track record so far of, uh, re, uh, reclamation projects from the Orlando magic. They turned Mo Harkless into a $10 million a year player after, you know, he was kind of considered damaged goods when he came to the Blazers. So perhaps they're hoping they can do the same, hoping that, uh, you know, a good positive ecosystem could kind of benefit Shabazz Napier and, you know, I think I, I think it, he has a good chance, and he has the right pedigree to kind of bring into the Blazers program. So, um, I think there will be times when he'll play, but he's just not going to be a regular contributor. I think you know, if if something were to happen to Lillard or McCollum for you know, even just a you know, a Nick here or you know, little cut there, cut a scrape here, uh, you know, little things, little nagging injuries throughout the the season. You know, maybe having the maybe Shabazz Napier is good enough to if they have one of those nagging injuries that you know may mess with them a little bit. Maybe can make it a little easier for one of those guys to sit out if they have to. Whereas you know last year they did do that um, at during stretches of the season. Even though McCollum only missed two games, but Lillard took his time coming back from plantar fasciitis. And if something maybe were to happen, maybe you know he steps in. But uh, they're going to need him to you know kind of give him that confidence, give give them that confidence. But we may not see very much of it as viewers watching the Blazers um, throughout the season, just because I don't think that the minutes are going to be there for him, and I don't think Stotts is interested in just playing a third point guard just to play him. So, uh, And then Luis Montero, I think I guess you could consider him a guard, and he's going to have a battle. He's going to have to battle for his spot. Uh, he has a really interesting story, you know, jump from junior college to no college to the NBA in a pretty short time was on the Blazers all season last year, survived the cut when they had to open up a roster spot to sign Festus Azili. They, they, they cut Cliff Alexander and the Blazers really fell in love with his six, seven frame. And the fact that he kind of has ball, you know, ball skills for a guy that has really long arms and, you know, could potentially be a, you know, could potentially be a good defender with that frame that he has at six, seven long arms at the guard position. But, 
uh, they still, you know, I, I, I think he hasn't really shown them enough on the court. He didn't really have a, a great showing offensively in summer league. I think he showed some things defensively, but offensively he didn't really produce a lot. Doesn't have great numbers in the time that he has played. And uh, I think he's going to have to battle for a spot to on the team. I think Tim Quarterman, the undrafted rookie out of LSU, potentially has a shot uh, at, at, at making the roster. And I, I, I think with Montero, it, it, it's just, you know, he has the, the, the frame and the skills to, you know, really be an intriguing guy. But the Blazers now where they're positioned as a team that is expecting to make the playoffs, are they willing to kind of let the project continue with Montero or do they want to go with maybe a more polished product that came that is coming from college that um, maybe they think is more ready right now to potentially contribute. But again, it's the 15th spot on the roster. So who knows how much those guys are going to play anyway, but it's a practice thing. Who knows what it's going to be, but I think Luis Montero is an intriguing prospect, but potentially one that the Blazers may think uh, has had enough time to development and may, and may, you know, they may not need to go any further with that. So, uh, but uh, as a guy who was on the team last year, you know, Montero is someone that we should talk about. And I think probably, you know, of all the 15 guys that are on the roster right now that were, that were on there last year or were signed in free agency, I think he's the one that is most vulnerable of losing his spot. So, uh, interesting training camp, big training camp for Luis Montero, I would say. Big training camp potentially for a guy like Tim Quarterman, who is just trying to make it in the league and could try, you know, try and work for a spot. But who knows how that's all going to work out? Montero was there last year. He's worked with the coaching staff, and who knows how, how much improvement he's even made from summer league until now. So, uh, going to be an interesting training camp for Luis Montero for the guards. Uh, not a lot of open spots, but I think that. Uh, it's still going to be interesting. Some little stories to watch for uh, for the Blazers this coming training camp. So uh, that does it for the guards. We did the Blazers backcourt today on Locked On on Locked On Blazers. We are doing positions all week through. Uh, on, on, it's positions week on the Locked On Podcast Network. So uh, whatever your team, we're talking about them by position. Kind of skipped over the point guard centric section on Monday. But for the Tuesday podcast, hope to give you both of those. The guard positions will move on to the, you know, the small forward wing position guys, and then we'll work into the front court later on in the week as we progress. But we will make sure to talk about all the positional groups before the week is done. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Locked On Blazers. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn FM. Of course, listen to us on Audio Boom through the Audio Boom app. Perhaps you listen to us on FanRag Sports. And thank you to FanRag Sports for a great partnership with the Lockdown Podcast Network. And perhaps you listen to us there. You should subscribe to us on iTunes if you liked what you listened to over there at FanRag. And we will be back once again tomorrow. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.